trauma, a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. This week, we're talking to Tracy Winchell, host of the Reboots podcast. We're talking about change and how to deal with it, setting goals, building relationships, and recovery from trauma. We talk about listening to God and gratitude. We cover so many topics with Tracy, and this episode is just full of so much rich information. Tracy is a longtime radio veteran with years of experience, and it just so happens that she's from our home state. We have enjoyed getting to know Tracy on a deeper level, and we know you guys are going to enjoy hearing what she has to say to you. So buckle up, because she has a ton of information to give. Now let's get right to it. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert, a safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about downsides. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And this is episode 69. And today we're talking with Tracy Winchell. Tracy is the host of the Reboots podcast. We met Tracy in an online Facebook group. And it just so happens that we're both from Arkansas. We didn't even know each other existed. And here we are connecting through the internet. And now we're even talking about maybe getting together for for coffee and just hanging out because we're a little ways away from each other. We're a few hours away, but that's not too bad. So we're close enough. This is a great episode. We got to cover so much with Tracy. She has an amazing story of of recovery from just loss. Uh, she just deals with change. She talks about goal setting. She has a heart for journaling and helping people to learn about themselves on a deeper level through writing and just uh, gratitude practices building stronger relationships and building community, which is something we're so passionate about here at The Reckless Pursuit. This is a great episode. I really enjoyed this conversation with Tracy. She was a trooper. This was our first time with our new setup. And so we had like, you're not going to hear this, but we had like 11 minutes of just trying to figure stuff out while we were on this call. And she was a real trooper. And uh, Siri interrupted us at one point, so thank you, Tracy, for just powering through all that Shout with us. Shout out to Tracy. As we, uh, we got our stuff in line. But hey, you guys won't have to deal with all of those flubs because of the magic of editing. You'll get to hear all of Tracy's just heartfelt goodness and advice uh, without the interruption. And so I'm actually looking forward to getting to hear it again as well. But a couple quick things. The first of which is we want to inform you guys that we have a ton of stuff in the works. We're partnering with people. We are working on stuff to be able to deliver more content for all of our amazing listeners. We are starting up some new programs. We're working on a membership site, and we are changing our whole email format completely. No longer will it be notifications, but it will be actual in-depth conversations between both Cody and I. Yeah, so we're redoing all of that uh, starting this week, starting today. So uh, today you should not have got your normal run-of-the-mill email. It should be something different. 
So we're excited for that. If you are not part of our email list, we encourage you to hop over to the Reckless Pursuit. There will be a little, uh, little pop-up box, and you can click it. That's going to all be changing, too. Just give us some time to work on it. So right now, that still looks like the same old pop-up box, but I promise it's not the same old content. And don't forget, we also have weekly blogs. I write blogs every Wednesday just talking about different topics within each podcast. So you can find that on our website as well. Yeah, and of course, uh, talking about what Tracy uh, just brings up on the show that blog will be coming out this week. You won't want to miss that if you enjoy this episode. And if you do happen to enjoy this episode, we want to encourage you to share it on with a friend. That's the best way to keep the conversation going. And of course, there's a little box somewhere on your screen, depending on what device you're on, that is a comment review section. We would love for you to go and leave an honest review. It helps us know how to serve you guys better. So with all that, let's get right into today's conversation with Tracy Winchell, host of the Reboots podcast. Here it comes. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the Reckless Pursuit. Everyone, this is Tracy Winchell, host of the Reboots podcast. Tracy, how are you doing? What's up, y'all? I'm happy to get to hang out with you. Thank you so yeah. much for being here. We actually met Tracy uh, online in a Facebook group for Christian podcasters, and lo and behold, we're from the same state. So who would have thought? Yeah. And you don't often get to to pair up with other podcasters in your state, especially a state like Arkansas. Arkansas I just feel yeah. like there's not a lot of us out there. So, so Tracy, uh, let's just dive right into this. Tell us a little about your story, how you got into podcasting, and and where you're at. I have always loved radio. I got my, I'm, I'm going to date myself here. I got my first radio job in February of 1984 at what was then Oldies 1090K AAY uh, there in Little Rock. And, um, you know, the, a, a couple of DJs, in fact, David B. Treadway is still around. He was one of my, my mentors. And uh, David B. was like, um, you got a great voice, kid. You lose the accent, and you're going to be awesome. <laughs> so I bought a Charles Kuralt on the road book, and I started um, speaking into a tape recorder and um, uh, just really working on my accent. And it wasn't long before they put me on the air for a Saturday shift. And um, for the first several weeks, uh, I, I would get sick in the trash can every time I cued the mic live. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'd have a, a wet washcloth on the back of my neck. So I've been doing this a long time. Uh, made my way into broadcast television, covered the Clinton campaign and a bunch of other stuff. Um, nearly got killed at a cockfight in Oklahoma. Um, got shot at a few times, that kind of thing. You know, it, broadcast television is getting paid poorly to do things mother told you never to do. So did that for a while. Uh, did uh, financial management for nine years. And then uh, worked in uh, local government as a communications manager for 12 years. And then my position was eliminated about three years ago. And I, I always thought that I wanted to do a podcast. And from the moment I saw Michael Hyatt's blog, um, I knew, man, I really wanted to do some sort of a platform. So after I lost my job, uh, I spent a year um, doing some public relations uh, and and marketing consulting and a little bit of writing and I was breaking even and then a close friend died suddenly and um, I came home I oh by the way in the midst of all of that I sold my house and moved in with my mom which is really awesome because my mom's pretty cool and we came home from my friend's celebration of life and I told my mom I said you know um, I think I 
think I can't wait to do this podcast thing until after my business is stable. I think I've got this reversed. I think I need to kind of wrap up all my client gigs and do a podcast. And she said, I've been waiting on you, waiting for you to figure that out. This was October. And then uh, I spent November, December, the next several months uh, learning how to do a podcast uh, and coming up with a messaging. And I sat down with my friend Arthur Green, who uh, is uh, the bassist for the heavy metal Christian band Living Sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And he helped me kind of figure out uh, what uh, a a Reboots podcast would look like, um, sharing stories about people who have been forced to navigate change. You know, um, they've had to start over in life. And Arthur was my first guest. He was also a guest uh, a year into the, the episode. So I've got two episodes with, with Arthur. He designed the logo. Um, and then I launched uh, in May, two years ago. We're in 2019 now, so that would have been 2017. Um, and I've been podcasting ever since. So I've been navigating my own change while also interviewing people about the changes that they have navigated. And I finally kind of figured out um, the lessons that I'm learning from my own reboot and from talking to other people about their own reboots. And it's really fascinating to, um, to just do a deep dive into change navigation while you're in the midst of one. Oh, yeah. It's kind of terrifying, actually. Yeah, I could, I, I could completely see that. I mean... Elaine and I went through a huge life shift, you know, back, what was that, early 2018, right? Where like our whole world kind of crashed around us and we had to go through job transitions and trying to figure out like what we're going to do for a living. How are we going to make it? You know, we were doing this one thing or of course you were just now graduating, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I hadn't even graduated yet. Yeah. And so she was coming out of college like, hey, I have this degree. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. I was coming out of a full-time ministry or part-time ministry at the time and like we're just kind of looking at life and we had like no money and we're just like, what are we going to do? And so we're like, well, why don't we start a podcast? And I know, it's like, right? What? What is that? Yeah. And, uh, and we're just kind of sitting there with our hands like up in the air like, well, God, we don't know what to do next. So let's just do what we know to do. Let's <laughs> talk. Yeah. And it's that's, been working. It, it has yeah. been working. I mean, here we are. But I completely understand where you're coming from and just like what better time to learn about change when you're in the midst of it? Mm-hmm. And what people may not understand, and the reason that, that I'm feeling you here is because we know there's really not any money in a podcast. And so when when you're getting that signal, it's like, this makes no sense. My problem is money. And then the pushback is, no, your problem will be not doing what you're called to do and right now it's a podcast and it's like okay right or is that your experience no yeah it is and just being vulnerable with 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 all our listeners here like this is what we want to do with our life like we want to be able to pour out and give and give as much as we can we want to help people who are questioning who have these struggles who have these doubts and fears and give them a place to express that but it's so hard because at the same time like you know, when it comes to to church and to ministry and to um, just like growing up in that culture, one of the big wounds is money. 
And so mm-hmm. to, to try to figure out a way to like, quote unquote, like monetize a podcast is scary because the last thing we would ever want to do is to hurt someone who has already experienced some kind of hurt like that. We don't want donation. Like yes. we're not looking for that. We want to give as much as we can. It just sucks that it so happens that you have to have money to make things work. Mm-hmm. And so that's well, been a podcasting big. is expensive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, we just got through Monthly spending expenses. Yeah, I mean, like just to do this setup, we're looking mm-hmm. at right now to be able to have uh, to have you on the screen in front of us, to have these microphones hanging down by our faces, and this, you know, well, all not of to this. Mention all the websites and all the editing tools you have to buy, and microphones, yes. all of that. Yeah, I mean, monthly bills plus you know the the thousands in just setup cost in general getting started. I mean. You were telling me about your new equipment. I know that stuff doesn't come cheap to get to do the things you love, you right. know? Yeah. And we, we feel you on that. And and so, yeah, I completely agree. Like, podcasting, there's no... We desire to have it our job, but it's, it's not an easy thing to do. It's definitely something you have to do, especially in Christian podcasting. It's just really one of those things where you just go, you know what? I'm going to have to follow my heart on this, and God's going to provide in that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell me a little bit about just... Let's just kind of dive into that change process. We've been through change. You've been through change. But from someone listening right now, what does that change feel like? What does it look like? What are just what are some of those key things people can pick up on? And and especially to our audience who, you know, has come through a, a lot. They're in a place where they're they're questioning things, they have things on their heart, and they are just uh they're in these beginning phases of like, man, I just feel that change coming. What are just some of those those key beginning steps to kind of help recognize that. Because I know with me, one of the big regrets I have was not paying attention to when God was changing my direction. I think we view change as something massive that happens to us. Mm-hmm. We think that in order to make a change in our lives, we have to do something massive. It's like it's like we think that if we're going to run a, 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 a 10K, we have to run 5k the first day we run and that is overwhelming and then we get i don't know i'm not a runner but we get um for me it would be three blocks down the road and realize i can't do three blocks and so i quit rather than go two blocks one day three blocks the next and we get so afraid of change because we don't know where to start we feel alone um and because we're having an identity crisis and we think we can't. Well, and a lot of like the biggest impacts are just the subtle changes that you make every single day. Like you said, a lot of times it, we think it's like these, it has to be this big elaborate change, but a lot of the times like the most impact is just the little things. And then just looking back, they seem like big things, but it just, it's a daily, just a daily struggle. There are a couple of things that, that are kind of coming to my mind. Um, the first is, um, a book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. And he said, he, he, in the book, and it's just super crunchy, it's, it's more than just narrative. They're charts that are easy to implement. Like, um, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but the things that we need to do to implement change in our lives um, pretty often begins with our environment and with also creating the, the tiniest Take, taking a, a goal like running a, a 5 or 10K and reducing it to its most ridiculous daily steps, which is the night before you go to bed, put your st- sneakers in a place and, and your, your running gear in a place where 
you'll trip over it if you don't put it on as soon as you get up in the morning. And then you put that on and then you decide, what am I going to do once my running gear is on? That becomes a totally separate decision, right? So the, that that's kind of the first thing is is how we break down a big, hairy, audacious goal into a tiny thing we can do every day. And then the other thing is uh, last week or the week before last, um, I watched a John Acuff video. Um, he's a public speaker, wrote the book Finish, Giving Yourself the Gift of Done. He's working on a book about empathy. And, and he started his talk by explaining there are two types of change that can occur. The, the first thing is voluntary, and the next thing is an involuntary change. So that would be um, a vertical continuum. And then you create a quadrant on a horizontal continuum where um, those changes can be either negative or positive. And how we respond to them is incredibly important in all of those, in all four of those quadrants. And that um, really important our relationships in in certain pieces of those quadrants. So he says that um, in order to navigate any four of those quadrants, you need um, relationships, skills, character, and hustle. And it's a it's it's a fascinating conversation. And I don't know how he he took that piece about how we navigate change and turned it into um, empathy, but it it all boils down to when we're in the midst of a negative change, when we're in a crisis mode kind of a change, we need our relationships. And we need relationships that will do for us the things that we do for other people when we're when the changes that we're navigating are positive and voluntary. So we're creating a savings account. And I wasn't very good at that, I don't think. I understand. I completely understand that. And it's weird because spiritual change, uh, it just it registers on a different level a lot of times than just physical change. And a lot of times I understand they go hand in hand, especially, you know, as Christians, we kind of carry that with us. But I know like for me, whenever I was going through like spiritual shifts where I was questioning like, God, what do I believe? Where do I, where do I draw from? Like some of these things, I just, uh, it really, it really shook me on a deeper level than just like changing over a job or, or um, even like just with loss, it's it's a, it's a different type of change. And can we just talk a little bit about that? It just like the spiritual shift when you realize like, wow, I'm learning for myself who God is now. I'm starting to adapt some of, uh, I'm starting to kind of take those words and apply them to my life in a different way other than just what someone else has read now. And, and let's just talk a little bit about that, about how just that spiritual change affects us versus how regular change affects us. I think one drives the other, right? And and for me, my dad died eight years ago uh, in April. And um, this sounds ridiculous, but I got really mad at God when I, because I thought I was the only one whose 80-year-old dad had ever died. That sounds ridiculous, but I didn't care about anybody else's pain. I just wanted my dad back. That, that was a sign of a, a, a sickness that I had no idea about, uh, I love how Ryan Holiday puts it, um, in The Obstacle is the Way. He says the world is, and I'm, I'm butchering this a little bit, but he says the world is at best indifferent to me. I never understood that until I was nearly 50 years old. The flip side of that as believers is that we 
begin to realize that our Creator loves us unconditionally. And that took a long time for me to get from, God, why did you let my dad die? And why are you leaving me here like this? To, oh, I get it. I can be, I can be a total wreck. And, and you, you don't love me anyway. You love me, period. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's good. And I think how I got to that place was community. Um, I walked into a Celebrate Recovery meeting for the first time uh, several months after my dad died because I was, I was raging at the universe and the people closest to me. And I was doing all the other right things, right? I was, uh, at a, I was uh, seeing a psychiatrist, um, getting weekly therapy, um, hanging out with uh, one of my favorite ministers once a month and participating in journaling exercises. So I was journaling my way through the Sermon on the Mount, ironically, only nothing was getting better. And so a friend of mine said, you're going to have to do something different. And So I walked into a Celebrate Recovery meeting for the first time. Um, CR is a a Christ-centered 12-step program. And um, interestingly enough, the 12 steps are steeped in the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. And a lot of people don't understand that. but it's just a system Jesus has for living. He gave it to his disciples. He gave it to the, the masses in the Sermon on the Mount. It, it was like he was ushering in the new law, you know, because he begins, I think it's in like Matthew 5 or 6, where he's like, you've got to be perfect. And you, you don't get to decide which law is greater than the others and which sin is worse than the others because they're all the same. So if you miss one, you're out of here. But here's a new way of doing things. And then he, he, he walks us through the types of relationships that we're supposed to have with one another and what to do when we screw it up. Oh, wow. That's kind of awesome. So when I started improving my relationships with other people, when I started hanging out with people who um, they knew that I'd been on television, they knew I'd been on the radio, they knew that I was high profile and pretty often was quoted on the the front page of the paper as a part of my job, but they gave me that gift of anonymity until I stood up before the group and I shared my story and my background. And I didn't realize that part of my problem was an identity crisis because I, I had become so caught up in being the person that I thought other people expected me to be. And so after a year of, of nobody saying, uh, I remember your dog, Moose, because we used to do a stock market report together. Mm-hmm. Weird, I know, but true. <laughs> <laughs> um, nobody told me that un- in, in that Celebrate Recovery community until I outed myself. Yeah. Yeah. And what a, what a spectacular gift that was for, for them to love me where I was in my very most brokenness, for me to figure out, oh, wow, that's how God loves me too. How did you muster up the bravery to just be open and honest with that community, a community of people that I assume you probably hadn't known too awfully long? How did you, how did you get the courage for that? Because I know there's so many people out there that want to open up, that want to have that community, but they're scared because maybe they've been hurt before from another community. Maybe, I mean, we all have hurts. And so how do you do that? How do you get that bravery just to be open and make yourself vulnerable again? For me, I kept showing up. Because uh, the pain that I was enduring day after day was at the point where something had to give. I worked a lot on Thursday nights when, um, when the Celebrate Recovery met. 
but I also got involved in a step study where we're with about eight or ten other women on a Saturday morning, and we work through workbooks, and we just answer the questions. Um, there, there are five um, guidelines to celebrate recovery, anonymity and confidentiality, your basic requirements, plus no one's trying to fix me. No one's telling me what book I should read. Um, nobody's telling me to stop taking a certain medicine. or st- Nobody's trying to fix me. They're just listening to me, and they're respecting my emotions in, in every moment. And so that suspicion and that anger started to just little by little melt. And it, was, it, sim- it began simply by showing up. Um, I got a challenge my very first night at Celebrate Recovery. They gave me a blue chip and said, come back six times. If you don't like it, we'll give you your misery back. And I didn't want the misery I yeah. had. Yeah. Right. I wanted to give it away. And fortunately, it worked for me. I love um, just what you said about constantly showing up, how it ties back into that whole change process of it's just a daily gradual grind. And, you know, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard. Sometimes you don't want to. But just simply showing up every single day, it's the little changes that have the biggest impact. Yeah. That goes back to what we were talking about. And and I have the privilege now of uh, introducing newcomers frequently at two Celebrate Recoveries, just introducing them to the concept. And there are so many people who their very first night, they're like, roll up my sleeves. I want to go through all 12 steps in the next three hours. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're not going to start at step five or six. We're not going to start with you going and making amends to people. That's not necessary. And seriously, please don't. Let's start at step one. Realize I'm not God. And then the other part of that is realize that I matter to God. I didn't realize I had missed that whole step until about a year ago. So that's five years into my recovery journey. And I realized, well, I didn't know that I didn't think I mattered to God until I knew I mattered to God. A lot of times we can get caught up in the idea of God and forget the relationship behind it. I think we can get... Mm -hmm so taken away with all the things that we're going through that we forget to realize that he actually cares about those very things. It it can kind of, I know for me personally, just the way I am, a lot of times I can get distracted with the idea of, I don't want to bother someone else with this. Or like, yes. yeah, I don't, this isn't sure. big enough. People have their own things going on. And so inadvertently, I kind of take that mentality and I kind of throw it at God, you know, and I, and I don't even mean to do it, but I kind of take the same thing. It's like, he's got other things to worry about. There's other things he's taking care of right now. I don't need to, I don't need to hassle him with those things. Not even realizing that I'm actually pulling myself away from that relationship. Sometimes, yeah. uh, honestly, it was uh, just out of some of the hurt that I had personally came from the institutions that taught about him or... Uh, Sometimes it was even just in my own being tired and not taking the time myself. And in that, I kind of took those pains and put it toward the very person who's supposed, you know, the very, the creator who is, the desires to take that away. And that's just, I I love what you said there. That's so true. Vulnerability is a total strength move. The, the, The moment that I find myself sitting here and my fists are balled up and my toes are balled up, and I'm trying to figure out a, 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 a problem with growing my podcast um, and, and trying to turn a business 
into this while still helping people, you know, and if you can't afford it, I still want to help you. This isn't about me making money off you because, you know, we've already talked about that. But the minute I get all balled up and my grit in my teeth and, and I can't figure it out and I'm starting to tell myself that I'm not good enough to do this, when I reach out to my business coach or my spiritual accountability team, the minute that I do that in whatever way, an email or a text or whatever, and, and say, I am really frustrated right now. I'm struggling and I don't know what to do. Life gets better. And, and the same is true for, you know, when I'm feeling not close to God and I just say, Abba, I'm, I, I'm not hearing you. And pretty often the whisper that I kind of get back is, it's because you're not taking time to listen to me. But just that vulnerability, that moment where I identify to myself I'm struggling and I share it with someone else, I'm not carrying it alone. There's a reason, forget which, ver- which verse in James, um, confess your sins and pray for each other so you may be healed. I don't get to pray for you for your struggles unless I share you share with you my struggles because otherwise... It's easy for you to think I've got it all together and um, you're just kind of falling short. I want you to know my struggles because now all of a sudden you realize I'm you're no I'm no better than you. Sure, and I feel like we're missing that a lot just just in the way we do church right now, the way we do the way we do Christianity. I feel like we need more of that of just being. I feel like we're moving that way, but just being more vulnerable with each other to realize there are no pedestals. There isn't, uh, uh, this, these traditional roles of this, um, the hierarchy are kind of being taken out and saying, no, we're going to do this together. It's about growing together. And that's just one of the most, uh, vulnerable things. And really just one of the most life giving things to me personally is just to be able to say, you know what, this is what I'm going through. So in return, we can share together and grow together and be honest and vulnerable. And it's not about, uh, it's no longer just this ritualistic confessionary thing. It's, it's true growth, really. How do you think Jesus was vulnerable? Mm, oh, man. The story of just how he washed the disciples' feet is the first thing that comes to my mind. The fact of how he can humble himself to the point of a servant. The fact that this is the king of creation, the king above all things. And he says, you know what? I'm willing to stoop down to the level of a servant. I'm willing to go to this place where, and I, I just, I think to myself, like, I don't like feet that much personally. Like, I'm not a Me foot either. person. Like, mm. and then to think like sandals and like, I know what my feet smell like after sandals and all that. I'm just like, oh, no. But Jesus was able to do that. He was able to say, you know what? This is how much I love you to show you I'm not here and you're here. It's we're doing this together. Well, and also like him being with the quote lesser people that we like t- society typically deems as like unlovable. Like he got with them. He hung out with them on purpose. He loved with them on purpose. And I just think like, like you said, just getting down to their level on, on even though he was God, he was also human. And he still shared those emotions. He yeah. still shared those experiences. I feel like a lot of times we neglect our humanity. We neglect the fact that God created us. And yeah, sin's come into the world. Sin has caused problems, but sin doesn't create anything. And at the root of creation, if you look past some of the murk and some of the mistakes and some of the mess, the beauty of creation is everywhere we look and in every person that we walk by. And I just think it's so 
powerful to realize like the creator of all things, A, chose to make us, B, chose to make us knowing all that he knew, and C, choosing to send himself, a part of himself back in flesh the way we are. And I just think that's so powerful to remember of like, we have a savior who is intimate and personal, who wants to be that community when we feel like we don't have it, who wants to be that first step for us. We have these people out there, they're like, yes, I hear what you're saying, Tracy. I love what you're saying. I'm ready to make that change. I'm ready to take this next step. Maybe they feel it. They see that things are changing for them. What are some resources you could throw out there for them in that moment? A few key tips to get started on that journey and just some resources to maybe go and hunt down. Obviously, they're sitting here. If they're listening to this, that's a first resource. But what are just some other things that you would throw out there for them? Journaling has been super important to me. Um, I am by nature an isolationist. Isolating in plain sight is not a good way to do life. I thought that um, God and I could do our relationship absent other people. And I've, I've, I've shared how I clearly got God wrong because I thought God was speaking to me and instead I was speaking neg- negativity into myself. Um, and when I walked into a community and I stripped away all of the things that I thought I was and let people love me, that's how I figured out who God really was and how he felt about me. But I think one of the most important things that that I started to do a year into my recovery was um, changing my my attitude about the world around me. And I did that uh, through a gratitude challenge. My friend Haley, um, one November, her, she and I share the exact same birthday. And, and sh- she said, Tracy, for the month of November, how about if you keep a gratitude log? Three things you're grateful for. I'm like, that's just dumb. No, I'm not going to do it. Finally, you know, she was persistent, kind, but pers- I was able to clearly see the days that I, that I made it and the days that I missed. Looking back on, on those entries in like 2012 or 13, I guess, um, I only hit those targets like 40-something percent of the time, maybe 35 if I remember right. So I wasn't really consistent at it. But I realized something was changing. And then I started studying the power of journaling, specifically gratitude journaling. And I saw these, these uh, studies and these CAT scans that showed imaging of how our brains change when we begin to have an attitude of gratitude. That sounds so cheesy, but it's true. We create, I mean, our brains physically start to change. So then I started um a rigorous gratitude practice and just to be just to be transparent about it um one of the favorite things that i get to put on my gratitude list every week is clean sheets baby i love clean sheets and it's so simple you know we had a, we had storms run through here we had um five tornadoes here saturday um and we're without power for several hours so all week thank you for the air conditioning and the power and the internet i mean it's it's just amazing. So there's simple things. I spend maybe three minutes on it a day. So that's that the the gratitude practice is huge. But there are a number of other journaling practices that um, I have used or continue to use to help me draw closer to God and each other. One of my favorites when I'm dealing with high anxiety that is persistent. You know, I can't. You know. 
most of the time when anxiety starts to show up, I say, I need you to go sit out there and smoke a cigarette out there on the patio because you're not welcome in here today. Most of the time that works. Um, but when it's persistent, the step that I take before I talk to my, my family physician is um, I'll start a, a thing called a heart check. And the beauty of the heart check is that it requires me to involve my community of people because I come up with a plan. Um, the, the heart check is five basic questions. And I ask myself, and this takes five minutes, are you hurting? Are you exhausted? Are you angry? Are you resentful? Are you tired? Pretty easy. It's a binary thing. Yes, no, right? And so I'll, I'll reach out to um, specific members of my accountability team, three to five women, and I'll say, um, I'm going to start my heart check again. And if I hit um, three yeses in a day, um, I'm going to take a walk or I'm going to do some uh, meditating or music. We get to make it whatever we want it to be. Um, I'll work my, with my sponsor, who is also a therapist. She knows me very well, and she'll weigh in on adjustments that we need to make for that plan. Um, so we, we kind of come up with a little plan, and when I realize that I'm hitting two yeses a day for a few days or a week, then that takes me into a different plan, and it requires me to send a text to my accountability team and do what we were talking about earlier that's so hard. I'm struggling today. I'm frustrated with me today. I am so mad at so-and-so today, or I'm not hearing God and I'm not trusting him or whatever the problem is. I'm forced to identify it and then admit it and ask for prayer. And it's amazing how over the course of a few weeks or a month, depending on how persistent um, the, the, the anxiety is, how it just diminishes it. There's just power in that. One of my favorite things on the planet, and a guy named John Baker invented it, uh, the guy who, um, who founded Celebrate Recovery. So pretty awesome. Well, last thing, and there's so much more. We're going to have to do another episode yes. all mm -hmm. about journaling. I wanted to get into that, but we're already <laughs> <laughs> we're into this ticker a little bit. Yeah. So the last question I want to ask you is just simply, what are some tips on finding a good community? I would start with uh, one or two people. You know, um, and, and I, I love the Reckless Pursuit community. Uh, you guys are encouraging. Um, you want to find a place where you can say anything and feel safe and confidential. And, and I would suggest that the anything, there would be two exceptions. That if someone threatens to harm themselves or someone else, that then you would have to call the authorities, you know, um, and, and actually get someone some help. Um, but other than that, someone ought to be able to feel safe. And, and being safe is, is, is not being judged. Um, someone saying, I feel this way, and, and having no one say, you shouldn't feel this way, that your feelings are your feelings, because then when we get to admit our feelings without judgment, now all of a sudden we're able to say, well, how is this resentment working for me? Well, probably not real well. And then then we get to make individual choices about what we do about it. So, yeah, I would say stick your toe in the water very carefully. Find one or two people that you're willing to, to test and say, I just want to be me and I just want to share something with you and I don't want you to fix me. I just want you to listen to me for a few minutes. It's 
pretty powerful. So I almost wonder if if part of the question would be how to be a safe person, right? I think there's a whole podcast episode, a whole series on being a safe person. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, and creating the community that you desire, you know, starts with you and starts with those changes, those small changes, starts with, you know, what do you desire to have? Well, how can you be that for yourself until you find that? Or how how can you be that for others around you to create that very thing you need? Yeah. And it's okay to say that person is not safe for me. And you can love them, Amen. and you can yeah. you can be in yes. you can be in relationship with them, but that doesn't mean you have to keep dumping on them, expecting a different result, mm. because that's what that is. When you're sharing of yourself, and and they're trying to fix you, then they see you as dumping on them, even mm-hmm. if you're just trying to be vulnerable. Yeah. So you know, it would take me one or two times to say, okay, mental note, uh, talk superficially that to that person and move along. Yep. And try to find someone who will just listen to me. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's about setting those healthy boundaries too. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. So Tracy, last thing we like to end this way. What is one question you would like to pose to everyone listening here about change? I want to know how other people navigate change, um, either by the choices that we're making for ourselves or what we do that moment that an, an, an unexpected and a negative change happens to us. Mm. Um, what's your go-to thing that you do? And is it healthy? Does it help you? Or is it not? Yeah, yeah that's good. Tracy, thank you so much. Where can everyone find your podcast? Find out just uh, where are you most active at online? Where can people find you? Well, I'm, I actually want to put together a list of resources. Uh, I've got a 30-day uh, gratitude challenge prompt list and um, how I do my heart check. And uh, I'm going to make it super easy for uh, your listeners to grab a hold of. Just go to rebootspodcast.com forward slash reckless pursuit. Um, and then you send me your best email address and I'll send you those two guides I would recommend that you you pick one and try it. Don't try to do both at once. And and if you want to just reach out to me and ask which one you should start with, I'll be happy to to hop on a Zoom call and talk to you about that. Um, so uh, yeah, just go there. Um, I'll send you the stuff, and you can just hit reply to that email, and I'll get right back to you, and and we'll figure out uh, how best to get you started on a on a self discovery habit so that you're making um, some healthy decisions about change in your life. Tracy, thank you so much for just making that available Mm -hmm. for all of our listeners. I really appreciate that. And of course, everyone, if you missed that, don't rewind all of the the links to all of where Tracy's at. And especially that link right there for that free resource will be in the show notes below. Tracy, you have anything else before we hop off here this evening? I love what you guys are doing. I'm a huge fan of the the Enneagram series that you've got going on right now. Um, Your heart um, for other people um, and and just this emphasis that I think we all need to be placing on um, the greatest command that uh, we we love one another as ourselves. And of course, that we we love God. Um, we sure aren't very good at that sometimes. And um, I'm I'm just grateful for the opportunity to uh, get to know people like you who um, 
who fully understand and embrace that. Um, and, and it's just, it's a privilege to hang out with y'all. Thank you. Well, it's a yeah, privilege that we can mm-hmm. connect with you and we can do this whole thing together. Thank you so much, Tracy. And we look forward to even more uh, in the not too distant future. Yeah. I'm counting on it. We just want to thank Tracy one more time for being a guest on our show this week. Man, I just love everything that that she talked about, just her vulnerability of just sharing her story. And so we just want to thank Tracy again. Yes, and thank you for your friendship, Tracy. It's been good getting to build this relationship. And we look forward to more conversations and fun in the future. Everyone, we want to remind you that we have a community where we want to keep the conversation going if you have something you'd like to add, something you'd like to uh, to just talk about, we have a place for that. It's the Reckless Community. You can find links for that in the show notes below. We would love to have you part. Go click and ask to join. Just another real quick reminder about those new emails and all the new content we're delivering to our email subscribers. If you want on board with that, head over to therecklesspursuit.com and drop your email there. And we will be sure to get you on that list to get you all of the exclusive content only available to those who subscribe. Also, while you're there, there's a couple little boxes down toward the middle where you can drop us an email, send us a voicemail and say hi. We'd love to hear from you. Or like we said, you can hop over to the Reckless Community and do it there as well. And of course, last but not least, we said it in the beginning and we'll remind you one more time. The best way to keep the conversation going is to share this on with a friend. If there's something that got talked about in this episode, something Tracy said that really just resonates with you, we encourage you to share it on with a friend, and that way we can keep this conversation going. And as always, we love you guys. Be brave. Be bold. And be reckless. We'll We'll talk talk soon. soon.